0: Becky, thank you so much for last minute organizing everything for us. We all we always have to give the credit to the Lord whenever anything goes well. And uh when it doesn't, we have to recognize it's probably our fault. But uh so thank you so much for doing that. <clears throat> you know, when I see these kids up here it reminds me of two things. Number one, it reminds me of me when I was that age. And you know, uh, I've shared with you, there was, there was a, an older gentleman. He was a, f- a farmer in our area. He was from, straight from Germany. And you could hardly understand the man when he talked. But he was my Sunday school teacher for a number of years. And that man was so with me uh, anything that God did in my life during those formative years uh, apart from my, my parents uh, I attribute to that man because of his patience with me so I, I always remember that and that's why I love kids and, and uh, I, don't, I don't care how bad they are sometimes um, they, you never know what God's doing in their hearts and another thing is because it reminds me of our kids, especially when I see three little girls up here. <clears throat> I remember one time uh, in Spain, I was speaking. It was in our evening service. I was speaking, and our middle daughter was sitting with a friend. And her friend's name, by the way, was Sylvia. And uh, so Anna was sitting next to Sylvia. And those two, I'm telling you, they they were having their own convention. I mean, they're just back and forth. And, And so I just stopped. I just stopped speaking. And I looked right at them. And honestly, it took almost a minute for them to realize I wasn't, voice was not happening. And all of a sudden, our daughter looked up and the terror in her eyes <laughs> she knew she was in trouble but you know we still can talk about the things that God was doing in their hearts during all that time the things that God was doing in my heart when I was so mischievous and bad and be- misbehaving and, and yet things that, that were, were penetrating and that I was hearing and the same is true with our kids so don't give up on them. I don't. I don't give up on them. Don't give up on them. If they're misbehaving and running all over the place, that'll that'll pass. I think I got over it probably when I was about a sophomore in high school. <laughs> <laughs> <You're still. clears throat> well, hope we're not supposed to tell things out <clears> of. <throat> all right. You know, I I I am very very excited about today. Uh we we have been setting aside today uh and calling it Leadership Dedication Sunday. And today is a f- very special day, and we're going to go back to something that I shared with you. Of course, it's going to have a little different take on it today, but we're going to go back to something that I shared with you the very first Sunday, Hope and I were ever here. Uh, September, weekend of September 14th of 2012. God had put something on my heart to share with you that day. And uh, by the grace of God, uh, that was not the only time we were here with you. We came back about a month later and have been with you ever since. But I shared some things with you that very first time that I'd like to revisit today. But again, it's going to look a lot different than it did then. You do have an insert if you'd like to follow along because I'm going to be moving around a little bit this morning. I'm not going to be in any one passage. But if you want to follow along in your insert, you'll be able to kind of keep up to what I'm going to share before we move into another very special part of our service. You are probably, all of you, to varying degrees aware of the account, the biblical account, that we find in Genesis chapter 11 about the Tower of Babel. And you know basically the story where uh, people got together and they wanted to build a tower that would go to heaven, and God looks down from heaven, and he, it, it's kind of a humorous. We see God's humor God looks down from heaven and and these people are down on earth and they're saying, let us, let us, let us do this, let us do that, let us do the other. And then we see a scene in heaven and God says, let us go down and confuse their languages. And so uh, really, uh, if you had been a fly on a brick that day, it probably would have been kind of humorous to see what God did there. You know, all of a sudden, these these people are working, they're talking together, they're building bricks, they're building a tower, because they want to reach that tower up to heaven. And God knew that this was a problem, and so he confuses their languages. And all of a sudden, two guys who are talking together and understanding each other, de repente no pueden entenderse. And so even though they can talk and understand and work together, they realized, I don't understand this guy. And so you know what they did? They started looking for people, I believe, in the account they started looking for people that they could understand, that could hear them, and they could speak to them, and there was communication going back and forth, but languages they had never studied or never ever learned. And there are different opinions about this, but I, I personally believe that God just got those same language groups and just spread them all over the world in, in a miraculous action right there. People became Chinese, people became Japanese, and so on and so forth. That, that's my opinion of it, but there are those who would differ with that idea. But the whole point is this. God sees what they're doing, and he sees that they're going to be successful in their idea of building a, a tower up to heaven. So he has to intervene. And listen to what he, uh, Genesis eleven six 6 says. And here we see a formula for success. The Lord said, behold, they are one people and they all have the same language and this is what they began to do. And now these are God's words. Nothing which they purpose to do will be impossible for them. God sees what they're doing. He sees they are one people with one language and with one purpose, and therefore nothing that they set their minds to will not be successful. And that's why God confounds their language. And so we see here, first of all, ingredient number one for success is being one people. And 1 Peter 2.9 says that you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of, of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy but now you have received mercy. Ingredient number one for success is that we be one people. And then ingredient number two for success, one language. Does that mean we all have to speak English or uh, everyone uh, needs to speak Spanish? No, it's not talking about that in our context or in our application. But we as one people have one language. What is that? All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. As one people, the people of God, we should have one language, the Word of God. And as one people with one language, and then ingredient number three for success, one purpose, there is no limit to what God can do. And we have seen this recently in our study in in Paul's letter to the Philippians, in Philippians 2, 1 and 2. Paul writes, If therefore there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in Spirit, intent on one purpose. So, as one people people of God, with one language, the Word of God, and one purpose, the glory of God. There is no limit to what God can do in and through Seneca Community Church. In 1 Corinthians 6, verses 19 and 20, and 1 Corinthians 10, 31, we have these words. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. And then, whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Someone has said this. God's glory is the greatest theme in the universe, and it is our highest duty and privilege as believers to live lives that contribute to that glory. The greatest thing we can do, the highest purpose we can ever have is to bring glory to God. We are not here to build a church. We are not here to build uh, an empire. We are not here to build a campus. We are here to glorify God and we'll let Him take care of the other details. Does that make sense? So one people, people of God, With one language, the Word of God, and one purpose, the glory of God, there is no limit to what God can do here in Seneca Community Church. Now you know that in our time here, when I say our time, the time that Hope and I have been here, uh, we were requested by leadership to uh, be involved in, in seeing a number of things happen. One of those things was Uh, not our doing it, but with a transition team, rewriting the Constitution of Seneca Community Church. We didn't just come in and say, we're going to rewrite your Constitution. We were asked to direct your church family and your leadership in rewriting the Constitution. Part of our Constitution that we adopted back in December unanimously reads, the purpose of Seneca Community Church is to glorify God based on 1 Corinthians 10.31. Whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. As one people with one language, we have one purpose, the glory of God. And now uh, we shared this back in September of 2012. We'd like to consider and reconsider Signposts for Success. And this is where you'll see actually quite a bit of difference between that message and this one because then we were looking forward and now we're looking back and forward. But signposts for success, the four R's, how to glorify God as a Seneca community church family. Signpost number one, by rediscovering mission. By rediscovering mission. One of the most observable principles of physics is the law of entropy. Things that are left to themselves will degenerate and become useless. Sadly, many of today's churches no longer are rooted in the Great Commission that we find in the Word of God. And as a result, have gradually succumbed to spiritual entropy. Where things have degenerated and become useless. We need to be reminded of the content and the importance of what is referred to as the Great Commission. Now, uh, we see in the Gospel of Matthew, the Gospel of Mark, the Gospel of Luke, the Gospel of John, and the book of Acts, where we are told repeatedly that we are to go and make disciples. And the emphasis there is more as you are going, make disciples. So the emphasis isn't so much on go as it is uh, on as you are going, as you are living your lives, as you are fulfilling ministry that I've given to you, make disciples. And so by prayerfully rediscovering the mission Christ has for Seneca Community Church can encounter the seemingly inevitable slide towards spiritual entropy and thereby glorify God. You know, any church, it matters not how successful a ministry has been in the past or how unsuccessful. It matters not how large or small a ministry is. Any ministry left to itself and any ministry that does not focus and zero in on our mission of getting Christ out to those with whom we live and work, we are going to fall into spiritual entropy. And you know, it doesn't matter who founds the church. It doesn't matter the, the caliber of spiritual leadership in the past. Paul is a perfect example. Paul was instrumental in working with others and seeing the church in Ephesus founded. Well, you get to the book of Revelation and Ephesus is in big, big trouble. They have fallen into spiritual entropy. So even a godly man, one of the godliest men being involved in the and working with the founding of a church is no guarantee that that church will be a God-honoring ministry in the days ahead. No guarantee whatsoever. It is what we do with the Lord on a daily basis. And I've shared with you, I believe, how in college uh, I I was very concerned about the fact that several years down the road I would not be walking with God. I was afraid of that because I knew myself. I knew my what I was like and and I heard uh, horror stories about people who graduated from Columbia Bible College and how they went out into the world and fell by the wayside and never walked with God again I was scared to death of that happening to me and God impressed upon my heart, Len if you want to be walking with me 5 years, 10 years, 15 so on and so forth years from now, walk with me today that was the thing that was the thing that God impressed upon my heart. And by the grace of God, it's been over 40 years, but it's been one day at a time. Getting up in the morning and saying, God, please let me walk with you today. I want to live for you today. Not, Lord, I, back in, in 2014, I want to be walking with you. That wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't have worked. How can Seneca Community Church be a successful church in the eyes of God? By rediscovering mission. And by realizing the mission that God has given us, the Great Commission, as spelled out in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, and throughout the New Testament. So, signpost number one, to how to glorify God as a Seneca Community Church family, rediscover mission. Signpost number two, by returning To mission. This is in your notes. Prayerfully taking an active step of reshaping original mission into clear, compelling biblical words can result in its being adopted and applied by all who are a part of the Seneca Community Church family, thereby glorifying God. Again, referring to the Constitution that has been rewritten under the direction of your leadership and the transition team, we now have in our Constitution. The mission of Seneca Community Church is to know Christ intimately, to serve Him faithfully, and to proclaim Him effectively based on Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Signposts for success. How to glorify God as a Seneca Community Church family. Signpost number one, by rediscovering mission. Signpost number two, by returning to mission. It's one thing to know what God wants us to do. It's another thing to do it. Does that make sense? It, it, it's not just enough to know. It's to be committed to what God shows us. And so, as we saw in the Word of God, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, we need to be involved in mission. Well, by the grace of God, we have reorganized for that so that we might, according to the Word of God and according to our Constitution, know Christ intimately, serve Him faithfully, and proclaim him effectively. Signpost number three: How to be to glorify God as a Seneca Community Church family by reorganizing for mission. This is in your notes. Prayerfully developing a God honoring strategy which involves purpose, mission, core values, vision, statement of faith, constitution, leadership model, and partnership will result in our experiencing the joy of the Lord as He builds His church. Here in Seneca Community Church. Boy, what, what a blessing it is. What a blessing it is. I, this morning, as, as we sang that, or listened and sang in our hearts to that second song, I, I was fighting back to tears. It talks about scars and struggles will come, and they do, they come in life. And they come in ministry. But you know, looking back, it hasn't been all smooth. Been a few bumps here and there. But you know, looking back, look at what God, and that's the emphasis, look at what God has done. Purpose, mission, core values, vision, state, or, um, statement of faith, leadership model, partnership, all these things that God has done. A little bumpy once in a while, but God has done it, and He has enabled us as a church family to reorganize for mission, to have a clear perspective of what He desires. And He has raised up godly leadership, as we will be celebrating in just a short time here. Signposts for success. Number one, rediscovering mission. Number two, returning to mission. Number three, reorganizing for mission. And number four, rededicating to mission. Brief summary of the book of Nehemiah. Remember Nehemiah? (laughs) We were in Nehemiah way back when. Well, a brief summary of the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah is serving as cupbearer to, the, to King Artaxerxes of Persia. One day some visitors come and they have survived the captivity and they share with Nehemiah how Jerusalem is in great distress. Walls are broken down. The gates are burned. And Nehemiah says, oh, tough luck, guys. Sorry about that. No, no, no. We see where Nehemiah We are told in Nehemiah chapter 1, he wept, he fasted, he prayed, he planned, and he requested and was granted permission to go to Jerusalem and help his people. And then in Nehemiah chapter 6, we find that the wall was completed in 52 days. Amazing. Especially as you read and remember through the book of Nehemiah. Remember, there was a a time there where they had a weapon in one hand and a tool in another. You remember that? And that was because of the enemy. And whenever we're involved in God's work, the enemy's going to come. Sometimes it comes from inside, sometimes it comes from outside. But count on it, the enemy will be there. He doesn't want to see God's work prosper. He doesn't. And so he'll do what he needs to Whether from inside or from outside, the enemy was there. And so these people are building the wall with with one hand and holding a weapon in the other. Now they could have gotten a lot more done with two hands, right? But they had to do what they had to do. And even with that, they got it done in 52 days. Amazing. And then, in Nehemiah 12, the wall was dedicated We read about the dedication of the wall. This is in your notes. Between the completion of the wall and the dedication of the wall, something very significant takes place. The rededication of the people of God. The rededication of the people of God included six very important elements. And this we could read, and we did at the time, in Nehemiah chapter 9, verses 1 through 6. First of all, is humility before God. Secondly, separation from anything that displeases God, confession of sin, submission to the scriptures, worship of the one and only true and living God, and praying to the one and only true and living God. And then this is in your notes as well. Prayerfully covenanting to work together as members of the same body can result in taking positive steps and establishing momentum as a Seneca Community Church family to the glory of God. Now back in September of 2012, this is what God had put on my heart for us to claim as we looked to the future, in in the event that God would, would bring us back to be with you. And now looking back, we can see what God has done. It's exciting, don't you think? And he has done it. That's the important thing. God just so happened to want, hoping me to be here with you. But when he's in it, it could have been someone else. It matters not. The point is that God has done this work and that's why it's worth something. And as long as God is in it, one people, with one language, with one purpose, and really being committed to mission. The mission that He has given us. We cannot help but be successful in His eyes. Very exciting. One people with one language and one purpose, glorifying God by rediscovering mission, by returning to mission by reorganizing for mission and by rededicating to mission. God is wonderful. Now, as we have announced uh, in previous bulletin and even again today, today is Leadership Dedication Sunday. And this is a very, very wonderful day for observation and for celebration.